Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome back to another episode of the Kimura Chronicles. We hope you guys are having a great weekend and thank you for tuning in. It's Jay and my co-host is always the Mesa Miracle himself, Mr. Valcisco. What's goody, brother? How you doing? Ooh, hell yeah. <laughs> Table miracles. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> doing fantastic. You doing fantastic, brother? How's your weekend going? <laughs> Not that bad, man. You know, it's gonna be a, it's a busy weekend. I, I will say that. But you know what? Busy is good, and especially in our line of work. We have some wrestling today because today's a Sunday. But yesterday we were treated to um a lot of great prelims and then a, a pretty okay card as well, too. So I'm excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is our UFC 259 recap, Wahovich versus Adesanya. Um, I agree with you a thousand percent, but um before I just share my sentiments, as you said. Um, the buildup to this fight, like, did you get super fight feels? Did you get champ versus champ? Did you get thrilling Manila? Like, it's about to go down today. Like, was the buildup during the week good to this uh, card? So, hmm, I, I'm, I'm going to cheat on this answer here mm-hmm. because I think the card was built up phenomenally. I think you had some awesome rivalries set up. I think the Sterling and Yan situation was boiling up. Uh, the Nunes and Anderson was, was a big test as well, too, to see what, what both ladies do in this fight. So I think I was hyped up for those fights. As far as the main event goes, I couldn't care less because it was the Izzy hype train. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. it you know, Israel is a beast, and he's the new hot thing to look at right now. And, you know, it's cool to be dual champion, yada, 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 yada. But at the end of the day, they will count my man Yan out wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't like the marketing. I felt like this was the Izzy show. And when the UFC does that, um, I don't like when they play favoritism. I don't like when they play favorites. And um, it just diminishes what you – what your what your fires bring to the table, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I was hyped, but I wasn't just hyped for the main event. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I wasn't really hyped. I've been vocal about this whole super fight, if you will, champ versus champ. We know that Adesanya was trying to make history to get into that category with the DCs, with the Amanda Nunes, with the triple cringe, you know, Henry Cejudo. Um, but for me, the the build was there, but I felt that. Yeah, I just focused way too much on the Izzy hype train. You got possibly the GOAT, the greatest fighter in UFC history in co-main event. That's a disrespect already. She could have got, Amanda Nunes could have got a main event spot in any card. You know, I do um, share the same sentiments as you. The Sterling and the Yang was just boiling over. He was like, Yang was just saying, bro, I'm, I'm going to rock your body with some massive body blows. Like um, yep. the other guys, Sterling was like, all I need is one takedown. You a paperweight champ. You've been fighting old men. Bro, the, the buildup for that was great. But then we got what we got. So we'll explore, you know, elaborate on that in a bit. But me personally, I mean, I feel that. It was a good build from the company, but the, the community, that's what just kind of took me out of the hype. Because like you said, a thousand percent, people were counting out my man Polish power everywhere you went, underdog. Even in the polls that we posted up on the Instagram, people were, I think he had like a 25% to like almost an 80 or a 75. I mean, there was still some people going in, but, you know, a lot of people were discrediting him. And today I saw some comments talking about, um, oh, hey, my man shocked the world. Some people were like, nah, he didn't shock the world. People were coming out of his neck saying, yeah, he did, because they were counting him out everywhere. 
So that that I mean, but that's the community, though. Um, well, well, we'll say this right here: he did shock the world because he put that one on that zero record for mm-hmm. Israel right there. So he um, he has that to his name right now. If Israel Asanya goes down in history as one of the greatest middleweight champions, held champions in the next <laughs> like couple of years. That one will always be Yang. Will, so yeah. fuck it. I, I I agree with you, bro. That one will always be Yang, even if he doesn't take another L to his name. That will always be lingering Yang, bro. It's kind of like the Brock Lesnar. <laughs> It's like the Brock Lesnar scar in his cheek with Cain Velasquez, bro. He will remember Cain Velasquez yep. for life. But um, I apologize for that tangent. Everybody tuned in. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump into this, brother. And the first fight, I mean, kind of set the tone for the whole card and the mood. A lot of people were upset. I was upset as well. The first fight was a delight heavyweight where we saw Santiago Santos taking on Alexander Rakic. And um, Rakic picked up the unanimous decision win over Tiago Santos in what I believe is a very lackluster fight. Because even when I saw this, when you saw this fight and we posted it up on the page, we were like, bro, this is going to be a barn burner. But it just turned out the complete opposite. Both of these guys, what happened in this fight that like both guys were afraid to pull the trigger? Santos coming off that knee surgery, he hasn't really been Santos from the past. I don't know if you saw that. He doesn't really close distance as well. I think Joe Rogan was noticing it as well. Um, but we just got a weird fight, man. Talk us through this. You know, I know people are a little upset about this fight. I still think that even though I was going Santos, mm-hmm. I think Rackage played the fight out perfectly in his own head. Like, he wasn't trying to overexert himself whatsoever, and he was using his reach phenomenally for the tall, lankier fighter. Mm-hmm. So on that side right there, in his game plan, he was doing everything right. I really put the blame on Santos, and you're absolutely right. I think the double knee surgery really um, hurt yeah. him. I think it, I don't know if his career is going to be different now, but the or maybe this, this fight specifically um, was a test for that knee to see how, how far he could push it. But I don't know, between this fight and the last fight with um, Glover, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in the Glover fight, he was winning. Yeah. Um, this fight, I felt like he didn't use all his tools. One of the tools that he, he's, he's normally um, known for is, is his leg kicks. Yeah. And the fact that Rakish was using that lead leg, sticking out and not feeling threatened whatsoever, was a huge, a huge issue right there. Like, anybody would have attacked that leg. Um, I think that he was either scared for a takedown or he was very timid not to overexert himself or that knee as well, too. Whatever the case would be, it was pretty much a, a pecking contest. Nobody was doing anything great in that fight. Uh, maybe Santos last uh, landed a few good body kicks. But other than that, Rackage was just was picking him apart for all three rounds. Just little jabs here, little kicks here, and doing enough to get the judge's decision. Yeah, man, I, I agree. Um, I Yeah, man, I, I think you said a perfect uh, quote there. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I, I think his career might be a little different after those double knee surgeries, man. He just doesn't look like the same Santos. He's It's in the back of his head. You see him plaguing it. Like, he doesn't want to get hit. He's not throwing enough leg kicks. He's not covering ground. So his game has changed dramatically. And he's on a three-fight losing streak right now from the John Jones Glover and now Rackage. So it's wild. I mean, Rackage fought smart. Uh, I want I, I want to get your views on the controversy, though, because there is some controversy. Even um, Tiago Santos' wife, uh, wife-to-be, uh, Kuniskaya, tweeted the stats. And if you look at the stats, but I know why Rackage won the fight. It was the control. He was pushing the pace. He was being more yeah. dominant in that. You know, control, 
scores point, people, um, for those that don't know. But if you look at the stats, bro, in everything but control, Tiago Santos had the better stats. Like, total strikes. He threw six, uh, 100, uh, 109, I think it was, so 103. Landed, you know, 61 to the 50. So, um, do you think it was the right decision? Yeah, I still do. Um, going to the fight, I felt like Tiago didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's his presence, whether it's, it's it's how he conducts himself inside the octagon, you have to show that you want to win that fight in the judge's eyes. The judge's eyes want to see who's the aggressor, who's the person pushing the pace, like you said. And Rackage was there. Rackage looked clean throughout the whole fire, entire fight. He didn't look tired whatsoever. If anything, Tiago looked a little winded in that third round. So that could also be a, a thing as well, too. You have a fresher guy throwing hits, throwing, throwing jabs out there. His jab was phenomenal. The jab is the most underrated tool in MMA. No one fucking understands that shit. It sets everything up. And I think Rackage, to me, in my head, when I'm looking at that fight, I can play it over again. Rackage wins again. Like, there's something about Tiago that right now, he needs to take a look at his, at his life and say, all right, I can't be Mr spinning heel kick at the end of the round anymore i i really need to look at and focus because he has a black belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu as well too i need to mm-hmm. focus on on a different style so i could still be a dominant force in this division full of killers i keep on selling that to people middleweight and light heavyweight have a bunch of killers that people are sleeping on and if he doesn't adapt to that and adapt to the fact that his knee is not the best in the best conditions He's gonna fall down the wayside. He's gonna be just like a fi- like a little flame that's wearing out in that division. Unfortunately, and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Like I don't want to. Like I said once again, I'll say it again. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but we 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 speak realness here. We're fans, you know. Like we speak the voice of the fans, and I see it at least for me. He's not the same Santos. I don't even see that swag that he had from the John Jones fight. It just it's like bro, like they blew out the candle. You, you see it like it's a he's a shell of the person that he was. And hopefully, like you said, take some time off, go back to the board and reinvent yourself, change up your game. Because like you said, you have BJJ. So, I, I mean, these are things that we got to do to adjust. And uh, it, it sucks, bro. It sucks. Because I still sit here and say, you know, that John Jones fight was controversial. We did want to see it. But um, on the other end of the spectrum, bro, practice two fights in a row. Uh, ranked number four is he? I think he is number four, right? Um, what do you, I, I got two fights off the dome that I could think about real quick for him, like a uh, Dominic Reyes or a uh, Magomed Ankliff. Like, what do you think about those two fights next round? I think uh, Dominic is the better fight right now. Um, I, I only say that because. Um, in, in that type of fight, I think Dominic is going to be as most desperate mm-hmm. because he's also is in on a, on a loser streak as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes desperate times call for desperate me- measures, and I think Reyes can be that person to reevaluate his career now that he doesn't have Jones or anybody else on his mind. He could focus on actually being a fighter again. Mm-hmm. I think he lost sight of that, and a motivated Dominic Reyes could be a deadly Dominic Reyes. So I, I really feel like that would be the true test for him you have a person that's been through the five round process already who's been through the tough rounds as well too who's still young enough to say hey i'm in this division you're not gonna take me out unless you kill me and hell that that's for for a main event that can main event any kind of fight night right there i'd be so hyped for that yeah i agree i think that's the better fight to do because um Anklev is still ranked below i think seven or six 
And I think mm-hmm. Rackets, bro, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal stud. And I'm not going to lie. I am super intrigued for him to make a title run because I want to see him and Wachowicz. I think that would be such a great match, especially from the beauty and the smartness and the, you know, the, the package, the complete package that Wachowicz is. So I think that would be a great mm-hmm. fight. But absolutely correct. I think the best fight is Dominic Reyes. So, um, but that's the fight that we got. A lot of people were disappointed. They even were making memes on the MMA Twitter. But we got Rackage going over to Smart Fighter. We did get uh, Joe Rogan kind of call him out saying, like, you know, he has double knee surgery. <laughs> he came off of that. And you're just pecking his legs. Isn't that kind of like a little bitch move? He kind of hinted that, but he was like, hey, I got to do what I got to do to win at the end of the day. So that, I, Exactly. Yeah, how do you feel about that? That's not a, <laughs> not a bitch move. You know what? You know, you see an opening right there. You yourself are going to put yourself in the octagon for me to target that. That's your fault, mm-hmm. okay? I, of course I'm going to expose that. Who wouldn't expose that? Any smart, intelligent fighter would go out there and say, yeah, this guy's a dangerous guy. If he puts hands on me the way he wants to, he can knock me the fuck out. So what am I going to do? I'm going to knock the shit out of that knee, okay? <laughs> My bad, but you brought that shit upon yourself when you wanted to head back in. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I'm ruthless, not, bro. Not, fuck you, Joe Rogan. Yet. That was kind of a little creeper move for Joe Rogan anyways. But yeah, that's the fight that we got. Um, it kind of set the tone of the, the whole card, in my opinion. But um, moving on to the second fight, if you don't have any more caveats to add to that one, all right, so the second fight was at Lightweight, where we saw Islam Makachev take on Drew Dauber. And then we saw Islam pick up the triangle submission victory in the third round in a in an almost brutal, devastating fashion, because it wasn't even really a fully locked-in triangle. He was just choking the crap out of Dauber with his shoulder, bro. He even turned purple. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it was- I-, I was... I was explaining to the girlfriend, like, that's not your traditional arm triangle right there. Like, usually you separate the body mm-hmm. and the side control and use your legs as pressure. Um, in this case, it was all arm strength. It was all muscle crushing the throat, crushing the, the air passageway for for him to even try to breathe Dauber, that is. Um, that was an interesting fight as well, too. It, it was very much like a... A weird pace for the first two rounds to see who got the advantage, but Islam looked great. You know, Islam's showing why he's such a fucking beast in that division. And the fact that um Khabib may be out of that, this gives Islam like the the clearance, in my view, to just start running through guys in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that I wanted to get your views on now that you say that. I love seeing he, I love seeing Khabib transition into this father-nurturing role, into this coach role. It's been so easy for him. Like, when Islam got the win, you saw him just get super excited for Islam and just jump up like, yeah, and this is a guy that's in your same division. You're the champion in this division. So, you know, some people would have that little rivalry, but that's what I love about Khabib. He's so that, you know, unselfish. He doesn't let emotions get in his way and He's just so pure at heart, and I, I love that. Do you think he's transitioning so smooth into this, and maybe this is what we'll see from him in the future? I, you know why it's so easy for him to, tra- um, I, guess, I guess, transition to this? is That camp, they're all like that. Mm-hmm. Like It's not just like, you know, we're fighters and you're my coach. No, they take on significant roles when a coach is out or or they lean on each other for respect and support. So I think that, you know, people like Islam and Khabib, um, 
do this often. I think they all coach each other at some point. They support each other at some point. And that's what makes that camp so fucking vicious is because not only do you have a whole bunch of educated fighters, you have educated teachers as well, too. You have people that have been through um, experiences, life experiences, and especially with Khabib, a whole lot of fighting experience as well, too. Now Islam as well, you know, 19 and 1 so far. Mm-hmm. A lot of experience from both these young men and all this experience gets passed over to the next generation of fighters in that camp as well, too. So this camp's going to be a beast for the next 10 years. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And you just hit the nail on the head. That's what it is. It's like an interwoven family where, like, everybody's on the same playing level. There's no ego. There's no nothing of that. We're all here to grow exponentially and help each other get to that next level. If I slack here, well, guess what? I'm going to help you so you can, you know, excel in that as well. So that's what I love about that camp. But yeah, we saw Drew Dauber run into a meat grinder called Islam Makovic, and it was just straight domination. It had a weird pace. I, I did love the little trips that Islam hit, bro. Those those mm-hmm. Khabib boys with those trips are very sneaky, man. So I did appreciate that. But it was just pretty much a domination by Islam. Um, it, it, Drew Dauber, he was doing pretty good, man. Three-fight win streak, and he came into this, and he had the confidence to him, but bro, you, you, you're not... You're not doing nothing against Islam. But a little fact <clears throat> that we saw yesterday, I wanted to get your views on that. Islam kind of taking up the Tony Ferguson beef. He said, I want to finish what Khabib hasn't finished. Of course, because he's retired right now, he said. But I want to shut up Tony Ferguson. How do you feel about that fight? Oh, you know, mm, do I want that fight? I don't think that's, that would be a fun fight for Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm oh, sorry about that. Um, I see that fight going yeah. almost like the Oliveira fight if that if he wanted it that way, if Islam wanted it to be that way. Just take down City, smother him, and call it a day. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, I think Tony Ferguson learned from that Islam, uh, sorry, from that uh, Oliveira fight. I don't think he's going to get manhandled like that ever again. I think he saw that. I think he right now, as we mm-hmm. speak, he's in the gym training wrestling all day jiu-jitsu all day counters for that for those all day so it might be a different fight but entertaining wise i kind of feel like that's going to be a chess match of the takedown and i think tony ferguson has a lot mm-hmm. more i wouldn't say credible that's the wrong word to say but more entertaining fights on his plate lined up for him rather than islam right now but i do believe that islam deserves a top five fighter right now oh uh... <clears throat> You're not wrong when you say credible. You could say credible. If you look at if you look at Islam, not taking nothing away from him, the dude is a beast. All he really has is Nick Lentils and uh, Nick Lentils. Yes. You know I mean? Nick Lentz. Yes. <laughs> you can tell your boy's hungry. <laughs> nah, but um, Nick Lentz and Glazen Tebow, that's about it. Maybe now if you want to say Drew Dauber, but Tony Ferguson, bro, remember, this is the guy that was fighting the cream of the crop in the lightweight division. So you're absolutely correct when you say that, that Tony Ferguson has the more credible fights to his name. Um, yeah, he said that he wants a top-ranked opponent. I got a quick name for you. How do you feel about it? And you can probably give me another one. Um, yeah, Neil Dariush? Yeah, I, I, I would be happy with Dariush, but Dariush wants another top five as well, too. I, I don't think he'll settle for, for Islam mm-hmm. whatsoever. I think he wants a name. And he won't settle whatsoever mm-hmm. for anybody below that, even though I feel that Islam... His, his his record and his winning and and his skill set is overlapping the ranking right now. I don't think Darius would do that. I think you know it, 
realistically, if I'm Dana White, I know my man's calling out somebody, you know, high in the five, top five, top three right now. But no, you still have a couple of people. Hernandez is the one person I think of. Ayakenta is another person that I think of as well, too. Um, hell, I'll throw, the, I'll throw these names out there as well. People won't agree with it because they're what, probably not even ranked right now. Michael Johnson's another person I would throw out there who's a, a great test for Islam right now. I know he's a gatekeeper, but, yo, Michael Johnson still got juice in the tank, I believe. Um, who's another mm-hmm. great person that I, I would love to see in that division. But, hey, hey, if you, Paul Felder. Hey, hey. Paul Felder. Yeah, you yeah. want to throw somebody who's experienced, who's not really in that mix right now, but but they're on a fucking show. If you beat him, it's something. It means something. Yeah, Paul Felder. Mm, okay, those are some good names because you know we got yeah. the return of Kevin Lee. That'll be a nice fight as well. We got Rafael Dos Anjos came back to lightweight, so mm-hmm. that'll be some good names right there. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think he definitely deserves that, and it just sucks where this division is at because you got Dustin Portier who should be making a run for the title, being vocal, taking trips to fucking Inca, Peru, or wherever you're at, bro, and just paid in full, paid in full. No, you're doing the wrong thing. So this division is a stalemate. I don't I don't think maybe he will get top five because, bro, I think right now Michael Chandler is being babied by uh, Dana White. I feel like that's his brand new toy, and he babying the hell out of him just to put him on the right fight card. So, um, yeah, man, but those are some good names. Definitely some good names. As far as Drew Dauber... Eh, he's good. He'll bounce back, brother. Mm. I don't know. What do you see from him? Um, I, I think the lightweight division is it has a whole bunch of people that he'll keep busy no matter what. I don't think he's going to flounder like some mm-hmm. people. I don't think he's going to be like a Dan Hooker. I think Dan Hooker might be over. So, well, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case for Dauber whatsoever. Um, but you know what? Hey, that'd be a good fight right there. You want to throw those two boys together, Dan Hooker and Drew Dauber. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be a great smash mouth in your face style. But I do agree mm-hmm. with you. I think that Hooker's done, man. I think that I think that power got taken, you know, like Shang Tsung. So, um, but yeah, we saw Islam Makovic pick up the win via triangle in the third round. Now, now the third fight of the night takes us to the bantamweight title fight, the first title out of the three that are being defended on this card. It is your boy Petter Yang. Versus the challenger, Al Jermaine, the funk master hey, Sterling. And yeah, and we saw Al Jermaine Sterling and knew. We saw Al Jermaine Sterling pick up the win via disqualification um, from that illegal intentional knee that Peter Yang threw. Um, bro, have at this. I want to get your views. How do you feel about this? Because we that was a bad blood moment. That's that's what that was. That was a dirty bad blood moment what we saw from Peter Yang. But um, this fight is very interesting. There's a lot of aspects to this fight besides that knee. I mean, this? this fight was high in emotion from both people, like from both men. Maybe mm-hmm. Yen at, in, in the earlier rounds was a little bit more composed with his emotions rather than Sterling because Sterling was like a madman. Mm-hmm. Sterling was like literally throwing yeah. everything at but the kitchen sink in that first round. Um, and everybody was calling it as well, too. Like, yo, my man's going sadistic in that first round trying to knock him out you know flying (laughs) knees spinning backhands spinning back elbows takedown attempts yada 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 second round goes on and you know what i'll still say that uh you know sternly won that first round second round Mm -hmm. second round comes um noticeably a little bit more tired sterling but still active um yen with the better exchanges more technical exchanges but 
you know, I'm hearing the announcers and I'm like, they're, they're really just saying like, oh, there's levels to this and, you know, you know, technicality mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's not like Sterling was being obliterated by Peter Yang. He was still active. He was still trying to find control. He was still the aggressor. He was still trying to find different levels, whether it was a takedown, whether it was strikes. Was he sloppy? Definitely. Was he tired? A hundred percent. Um, and it was really hard for me to judge that round, but I was slightly giving it to Yang just for the for the technical punching. Third round comes. Uh, third round comes. Noticeably tired again. Sterling still active though, but this was definitely Yang's best round in my opinion. Yang with different trips. That that beautiful judo trip. That's a that's a that's a old school judo trip where you have you know the opponents almost like a aikido trip as well too. You have the opponents neck by your forearm and you just trip them forward and you get that takedown with that trip right there. How Sterling didn't see that, I don't know with his wrestling credentials, but that kind of bothered me a little bit. I'm like, man, like Yan's like taking you down willingly now. So that's a little weird. Um, so I give Yan that. Like Yan was really outperforming in that round, whether it was just striking or even the takedowns or takedown defense. That was a strictly Yang um Yang um round right there. I I I I see that. Fourth round comes. Very weird round. People going back and forth in the first couple of seconds. You know, they get to the ground almost. Sterling's about to get up. And you have Yang in a clinch position almost while while Sterling's on the ground, knee down. And you have the coaches screaming at Yang. You have the referee giving Yang a warning. And Yang explicitly gives a knee right to the dome to a knee Sterling on the floor. And now you can walk me through this right here because this was the part that I guess everybody's going fucking toxic and crazy right now over. Yeah, very weird fight. Um, I couldn't have said it any better. The points that I, were, I was going to get across, you made them phenomenally. Um, if anything, Al Jermaine kind of beat Al yeah. Sterling last night, coming at, coming out too aggressive. Rightfully so. This is his first title shot. A lot of bad blood, a lot of emotions. When I saw this fight, I was like, bro, you're going to adrenaline dump like Cerrone Nate Diaz. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, adrenaline dump, and you about to get scrubbed. So he was looking very sloppy. But it was just the eagerness and the excitement that he had. And uh, uh, Hondo, I agree with you. Daniel Cormier, not the best announcer. He was really, he was really annoying me yesterday with his. He's very one-sided a lot of the times, in my opinion. And he was one-sided with this fight, and he was very one-sided with the main event. So I'm not appreciating DC on the commentary table. In all reality, um, also. Yeah, the knee was very weird. I got into it with somebody on Instagram where um, he, uh, I, I said uh, the person wrote, um, as a champion, that was so freaking nasty. It was so atrocious. You have to carry yourself. You have to conduct yourself. That's a sad excuse for a champion. you know. And he was congratulating Al Jermaine. So I wrote, I agree. I, I agree with this post, and I thank you for this post. I appreciate it because the backlash that he's getting right now is pretty fucking disgusting. And somebody wrote to me, oh, no, it isn't. I'm like, what? I'm like, the reason the MMA community is so toxic because of people like you, you're justifying a man being called, you know, what he was being called, a piece of crap, uh, 
a pussy. I'm sorry that I dropped that word, but you know, you, you're just disrespecting a man to the fullest degree and you're justifying it. No, the reason why MMA is at where it's at because of people like you. Then he came back to me. Oh, get off your high horse. You're entitled. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, brother, me high horse. Never that. And I'm sorry I'm going on a tangent because it just proves I, I want to show why the community is so toxic. I was like, me, high horse? Never that. Who's on their high horse justifying and saying that this man should get disrespected? You know, yeah. who's on the high horse? So it, let me it, just throw this in right yeah. here because I hate the fact of the word entitled, entitlement. Were you mm-hmm. yourself? Jay, you weren't in the ring. And this fucker over here on Instagram was not in the octagon exactly. whatsoever. Who the fuck is being entitled, number one? Number two, Mm -hmm. this whole situation is getting blown out of proportion for the end result. But no one is questioning. Mm -hmm. No one is outraged over the fact that my man did a malicious knee to a downed opponent. That's the real story here. Mm -hmm. Without part A, you couldn't get part B. No one's fucking getting that. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Because that shit's getting me pissed off. No. Yeah, and I agree with you. So then he wrote, and I'm sorry because we haven't talked about this and we're talking about this right now, but I'll get off of it. And then he wrote, oh, do your research. Khabib said he was instructed to throw a kick. I'm like, yo, homie, a kick to a knee goes a mile, bro, in fucking difference. A kick to a knee? Like, come on, bro. It was malicious. That's the thing that blows my mind, like you said. Then you got people. Like your man, as they're calling him now, Pillishaw. You got TJ Dillashaw saying, Oh, you're a freaking actor. You get the Oscar. My man, you was taking needles in the ass. Shut your mouth, homie. Like you ain't got no right to speak on this. And and for once, John Jones said something. He goes, I congratulate you, homie. Uh, he was congratulating Al Jermaine. He said it. He was like, What Peter Yang did was bullshit. It was illegal. You know, congratulate your man. That's it. There, there's rules to this. There's there's just like Cormier was saying, there's levels, there's also rules to this. You cheat. You gotta pay the rap. You gotta pay the piper, brother. And that's what Yang did yesterday. And it's sickening that everybody is just coming at Aljamain's neck. Aljamain did not want to win the title that way. That's why he threw it on the ground. If they freaking come at his neck say, saying, "Oh, you disrespected the belt," it's because you're a brother. Look at Justin Gagey. Gagey did the same thing. That's not the real belt. He threw it away. Now, so he, now here's the thing. Yeah. Um, am I? Am I happy with the result as well, too? Or do I feel like the result is warranted? I think that rule should change. That's just me. I, I don't I don't like that rule whatsoever. <laughs> I, I that happened with Vitor, right? Exactly with how he won the title by disqualification because it's a yeah. cut, right? Or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. some kind of disqualification. I apologize, MMA historians out there. But I know how that's how Vitor won his title. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was the cut. Yeah, he won so, it from the cut. Yeah. Okay. Like, I think that rule should be abolished. I think if you are disqualified, you should be stripped. I know no one likes a vacant title. I get that. But at the end of the day, I think that puts a little bit more credibility in the title because you don't deserve it. No one deserves it at this mm-hmm. moment in time because no one was beat. So we put that up in mm-hmm. for stakes. If y'all aren't ready whatsoever for that title fight, we have the runner-ups right now that are ready for that, and they can fight for that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a better rule, in my opinion. I, 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 I think that makes people hungrier as well, too, and it doesn't put an asterisk on anybody's title reign whatsoever, because now, forever, you know, Sterling mm-hmm. will ever be a, a bullshit uh, champion yeah. in people's eyes because of that result, um, and himself as well, too. So it's, it's, a, it's a black stain on things. You know, this is why Sterling was crying in the ring. It wasn't because he was being a bitch mm-hmm. people. It's because he knew that what the result would be. 
he knew what the outcome would be. Mm-hmm. He knew that this situation right here, uh, even if, like I said yesterday too, he's a guy that lives by the sword, dies by the sword. If he was going to lose, he was going to lose on his own accord. My man was trying to get up multiple times. The referee was telling him to stay down. It wasn't like he was trying to stay down himself. Multiple times he was trying to get up. Multiple times he was saying, we're going to let a coach in. Don't get up. So people need to run that shit over again and get off their fucking high horse right there and look at the fight for what it is. Are you not happy with the title switch? Of course. And you have your opinion on that. That's valid. That's A-OK. But you cannot discredit my man Aljamain Sterling for no reason whatsoever. You cannot discredit the knee that was given to him as well, too. There are rules to this. There are levels to this. And there's a respect factor. Like I said, I tweet that shit out. Mm-hmm. You lost all respect. As a fighter, Yan lost all respect in my eyes. Yeah. I feel you, man. And if you were to say something like that, like, all right, strip a vacant title, you probably will get a cold title as well, you know, because there's a lot of babying going on with, with the UFC. But you, um, I wanted to get your views on Demetrius. Demetrius Johnson even chimed in on this. Um I know I just jumped subjects real quick because okay. I just didn't want to go on a tangent. I apologize. Yeah, but um, I wanted to get your views. Demetrius Johnson said he says the rules should be changed. You should be able to knee down opponents. How do you feel about so, that? So I've been back and forth on that as well, too. I I feel like that rule has gotten people away from a lot of sticky situations. I, people, I think people use that to mm-hmm. their advantage way too much in, mm-hmm. in MMA, not just the UFC, MMA altogether. I, I see times where somebody's trying to get up and they purposely put their one hand on the on the fucking floor so that way no one gets attacked or he doesn't get attacked to the face. And they'll do that for like a minute so that way that knee won't come to the jaw. It'll come to the body, but it just won't come to the jaw. Mm-hmm. So I can see that being used and overly used and being taken advantage. Um, it's hard, man. Like if, if you abolish the rule, I'm all for it. Uh, it, it gives the fighters more, more, more leeway to be creative, but I don't know. I, I'm just looking, uh, maybe from a from a health point of view, but no, like I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it, it's 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 very tough because we're, where's the fine line then? Like, okay, you can knee somebody while their hands down. So are we gonna start like babying and crying about people getting needing the face uh, while they're in like on side control? Or while they're north south, like to start kneeing to the top of the dome, like are we gonna start crying about that next? Because you know we should be able to do this. Like y'all are fighters, y'all don't make the rules. There's rules. Mm. There you go. That was that was my thoughts. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I think it's just a fine line between morality and where do we keep these fighters safe for their health as well? Because yesterday that knee was so brutal, bro. Definitely he looked concussed. It, you know, it's very damaging. And I think that's where they draw the line where it's like, let's not make this a vicious cockfight and just go to town. I was just really surprised that Demetrius said that. I see, I agree that a lot of fighters do use it. Like when they're about to go up that you see the hand, the fingers coming off and they just go down real quick. They put the fingers but it kind of goes back to like the rackets. Hey, if it's there, then yeah. I'm gonna try to use it for my benefit. But I think it's more just of a health thing. Like we can't be letting these people get fucking need into a bitterkry, you the know, like down and stuff elbow. like that. Like John Jones damaging. learned that the hard way as well, too. Like you can't be doing the the twelve to six elbow. Mm-hmm. It, that's illegal. Like it, it could damage somebody's fucking skull because you're driving the fucking uh, tip of your elbow mm-hmm. right into somebody's skull right then and there. So I I I can understand that. If they abolished it one day, I could understand that as well too. 
But for right now, for safety reasons, for mm. just not seeing people get cracked in the fucking face, uh, caved in. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm. Like those are illegal, and if it's illegal, mm. don't fucking use it. Yeah. yeah, I agree, man. But the fight was like you said, Algermain. This is going to be a learning experience for him. I feel like big shot, big opportunity. He needs to calm down, come come down a little collected. He did expend a lot of energy. He was looking good. I think that was his plan. He was like, let me go out there from the jump and just throw Yang off because we know Yang is a mm-hmm. slow fighter. And Yang looked confused as hell. He's like, what's going on? But he really did start picking the pace up when Aljermaine got tired. So I would like have to I would like to see Aljermaine go all five rounds like this, but it's not gonna happen. You just gotta be in excellent shape. You know, maybe I mean, he was like in PJ excellent Penn, shape. But, just, um, should, you know, he was still throwing, he was still being the aggressor. He, he was, he was, but the thing that made him look real bad is that he, for me, is he just gassed yourself out. I get it. It's a big moment, but um, they're definitely going to run it again, people. Calm down. Don't be so toxic. You know, you can't take away from the fact that your man did a malicious shot. So mm, those, are, those are my thoughts. I mean, the yeah, the results marred. I was looking forward to this fight. You know, our boy's from New York, and we love Al Jermaine here. So... Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll I mean, see. yeah, we'll see. We'll um, see. I hope uh, you know Sterling goes in there with a different mindset. In the next fight, um, definitely, yeah. I, I feel he needs to like do a couple months of just look, looking at this fight and seeing everything that went wrong. And when I say that, it's like even the wrestling went wrong. Like everything went wrong. Yeah, everything. He, he that's 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 the thing too. You were Predi- too predictive. Predictive? I don't even know if that's so pre- predictable. Thank you. I'm all effed up today. Um, yeah, you were too predictable with your takedowns, bro. I think he attempt- he attempted like 15, only got one. You weren't mixing it up. You know, he wasn't in his mind frame. He's just fighting off of emotion. If you want to go in there, take down, take down city. Yeah, you could do yeah, it. Yeah, you but, have um, to mix it up. Even the spinning you know, backhands. You have to open he, it. Yeah. he threw like at least like 17 spinning backhands or elbows and leaving his back exposed. It wasn't yeah. like he was doing a full rotation. He would throw the spinning backhand and leave his back exposed for Peter Yang to go up there and either try to get his back or try to get a takedown or try to mm-hmm. get a rear naked choke. Like these are things that you are, you are, a, you, if there was, like I said, black belts for wrestling, you would be a black belt in wrestling. You'd be a third degree black belt in wrestling. So the fact that you're doing that, that shows that you're not in your own head. You're just fighting off emotions, like you said. So I hope he just tears himself yeah. down. The coaches tear him down as well, too, for their performance and rebuild him up um, in a way where if he enters his fight, he's he's the Sterling going into the Sanhagen fight and the fights before that as well, too. Yeah, man. Um, it, I, I like that idea. I wish wrestling did have belts, but you know, like John C. Riley said, I, I don't think there's a ranking system for toughness. <laughs> but uh, nah, but um, yeah, man. Th- this is gonna serve him as a learning experience. This is really gonna serve. Uh, we'll say Peter Yang is a, a an experience to learn as well, where you can't just sit there fight hot blooded off of emotions. So you know, and then you you just couldn't get away with a little pat on the hand. You had to be reprimanded for what you did. It was illegal. It was illegal. It was malicious. You're sitting here proud with yourself with the fist in the hand. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Put your fist down, homie. So I mean, we got the fight that we got. Aljamain will grow from this. Peter Yang hopefully grows from this. You know, sometimes you're a dirtbag. You're always a dirtbag for life. But um, we'll see. Whatever we saw, Aljamain, the new bantamweight champ. Um, they're definitely gonna run it back. But moving into the co-main events. Um. 
Bro, co-main event, super self-explanatory. It ended in two minutes. Amanda Nunes, the fucking GOAT. Yes, greatest fighter of all time, male and female, took on challenger Megan Anderson. And this round, I mean, this fight ended in the first round via armbar. Amanda Nunes picks, the, picks up the win, retains the belt, keeps solidifying herself as the GOAT, keeps showing that there's nobody in these divisions that can contend or challenge her. Um, total strikes, Amanda had 26 compared to Megan's five. Five strikes compared to 26. Megan was a deer in the headlights. And I went Megan for the simple fact that I saw something in her. I mean, I love Amanda, but I went Megan because I was like, okay, I see something in her. She's looking a little bit more serious this time around. We know Nunes sometimes has a little bit of trouble with the lanky fighters, kind of like a Shevchenko or a Durandamy. So I was like, you know what? I'm going I'm to bet on Megan. But, bro, I mean, we all knew the outcome. Uh-huh. Once she felt her power, bro, she froze up like a fucking deer in the headlight. She didn't know what to do. It just clicked, takedown. And I don't want to sit here and say terrible performance from Megan because Megan is an excellent fighter. But it's just the levels that Nunes is on, man. And yeah, nah, pretty much. Same way. Like, Amanda went there. She destroyed. She went in there full confidence, knowing her abilities, yeah. knowing what she could do. She has the experience factor of different fighters as well, too. So it's not like this is a new fight for her. Um, she does well mm-hmm. making weight. She does well in each division. She goes out there and implements her fucking game plan. And her game plan is pressure and power and you know she laid those fisty cuffs right to megan's face she went stanky leg almost on one foot looking like a fucking crane oh bro she looked she looked like a, a deer when it comes out the <laughs> yeah, womb yeah, learning how to walk <laughs> With the le- <laughs> yeah. that, that trip bro, was fucking but, beautiful uh, as yeah. well too and then the mercy killing, which was the, the reverse triangle at first. And I looked at it, I was like, huh, reverse triangle, we don't really see those that often. Um, and I'm looking at the position of it as well, too. I'm like, well, the legs are there, but it's not tucked underneath the chin enough where she's going to tap out. So I'm going to see how this goes. But though, what really tapped her out was the arm. She bent the arm a la Ronda Rousey. She took a page yeah. out of her book right there and just destroyed that arm. Could have broken mm-hmm. if she wanted to, but immediately tapped out and... Amanda Nunes, man, beast, the beast of beasts, the beast of all beasts. Like, um, <laughs> once again, commentary pissed me off again. Um, they're over there, you know, saying, oh, who's left for Amanda? There's nobody else in your division. You cleaned them out. Well, that's not her fault. Like, it, it, it's not. Like, you have a fucking <laughs> ultimate fighter coming up, and you could have went throughout the entire globe and try to find some featherweights for that division and try to make them fight and then incorporate them into that division as well, too, like you did with Flyweight. But you didn't. You didn't. You, you refused to do so. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And I'm sorry because I'm laughing. I see the stat. <laughs> um, Amanda Nunes has not lost a fight since 2015. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the person she beat is the yep. one and only Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Shayna Baszler, you still my girl. But um, yeah, man, you're right. This falls also on on the management, on the, the person running the 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 show, because you have an Ultimate Fighter coming up, and most likely you're just gonna waste it on yep. male fighters, where you you just probably want to use it as. You know, there's already rumors floating around Masvidal and Usman just because yep. you're thinking about money. I mean, it, 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 and it's sad that 
you know, you, the, the commentary has to be kind of like so biased. Like, this is not her fault. And then you got Dana White talking about, oh, I'll keep writing the checks for her, but you're not bringing in competition for her to write those checks. You're just literally, literally waiting for this woman to say, bro, I'm, I'm dropping this belt. I'm dropping this division. There's nothing. It's sad. That's all you're waiting for, bro. Because, it, it, yeah, because at the end of the day, it all revolved around Cyborg, and she, you know, just destroyed that. So, I don't know. But we saw Amanda Nunes do go shit, as I've been saying all day. She picks up the win. Uh, hasn't lost since 2015. She's super reinvigorated right now with the birth of her daughter. Um, bro, I, I, I don't, I myself don't know what's next for her. We know Juliana Pena was supposed to fight Holly Holm. Holly Holm's dropped out. Juliana is trying to vouch for that fight. Dana is actually considering it. Uh, Would maybe you like to see that we'll fight? See. Like at this point in time, I feel like there's so many levels. Mm-hmm. She's grown to the point where like anybody that she puts in, it's like, well, how how is Amanda going to beat them instead of how are they going to implement their game plan against Amanda? Um, that's how how, yeah. how how her level is right now. She is like Super Saiyan God, Blue, K.O. Ken, <laughs> Ultra Instinct. <laughs> Yes, you know Times she's 10. at that level right now. <laughs> like, she can't get touched, and if she does get touched, she has an extra a plan B and a plan C how to get out of that situation. Um, mm-hmm. well, no, go, go, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. No, I'm just sorry for cutting you off because um, that's what I was gonna say. That just makes her a great fighter because she has the power, she has the hands, but she also got the ground game. A lot of people forget about that. That she's super comfortable. That's why she's comfortable throwing those lunch boxes because she knows when it goes to the ground, hey, I'm savvy here and I'll tap your ass out. And that's a dangerous fighter, kind of like a, a Rafael Lovato Jr. from Bellator. That's why they let the hands fly so free because I, I just don't get why the UFC doesn't back back that division up so much or care about that division so much um y- you would feel like you have this dominant champion a dominant champion both in both um divisions that you will want to challenge her you want to challenge mm-hmm. them to the, to the peak of their abilities to show why th- the UFC is the ultimate when it comes to mixed martial arts and right now, you're just, you know, I got into an argument the other day with somebody on Instagram or Twitter. I forgot what it was, but just rankings in general and how I feel about them. They were like, oh, stop bitching. The UFC is not about rankings anymore. It's about popularity, entertainment. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so it's WWE now. So it's professional mm-hmm. wrestling now. This is yeah. all it is. It's all fucking work you're saying. Basically, that's 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 the community in a nutshell, man, because – um. Same thing happened to me the other day. I I, I kind of agreed with some dude's comment on Twitter saying that USADA should just be abolished then for the fact that TJ Dillashaw's been out for two years and he's already in title contention. I said I agree with those comments. Oh, bro, this is this is the fight game. It's about prize fighting. It's about money. Get used to it. You don't know what it is. I'm like, okay, so this is this is what it is now. Ranking systems don't mean shit. Fighters go out there, bust their asses, seven-fight win streak. I always think about Brown. But he's not qualified for a title shot just because in your eyes, you entitled selfish prick. In your eyes, he's not a prize fighter? Nah, get out of here, bro. Like, oh, bro, I apologize. But since last night, the community has been super toxic. So, you know, and I know I'm being a little bit toxic right now, but ah, I don't know, man. But anyways, we saw Amanda Nunes destroy. Uh, 
What's next for her? We don't know. Dana should definitely yeah. pump some money into that division because if, if we're going based on prize fighting, Amanda Nunes is a prize fighter, so why not keep pumping competition for her? So, But anyways, we move into the main event. The main event was a super fight, champion versus champion. It was at the light heavyweight division where we saw Jan Polish Power Wachowicz taking on the last style bender, Israel Adesanya, who challenged himself from moving up to the middle, I mean, moving up to lightweight from the middleweight division. Like heavyweight, excuse me. And we saw Jan pick up the unanimous decision win. Uh, and what I would say was kind of like a very laxical, daisical, mm-hmm. very subpar. Um, not, I don't want to say subpar match, but it's not what we thought that we got and we were going to get. So, But I, I'm happy for this result because it just shows that the phenomenal fighter that Wachowicz is, that not only does he have the power, but he also does have the brains to match the power. And that's why I appreciate that because this guy went out there toe-to-toe did not back down from Israel Adesanya, who I was telling my father, he has the, uh, he has the, the Lyoto Mishida, uh swag to him right now where nobody could solve this puzzle, this Rubik's Cube, and everybody was just getting knocked out by Lyoto Machida. I feel that Stylebender is on that till last night. So I was kind of super happy seeing Jan saying, I'm not going to grapple you. I'm going to strike with you. He did. Adesanya was getting a little bit of the better, you know, in the beginning rounds, but Wauwich was there toe-to-toe, still giving him a lot of angles as well, still returning. And um, yeah, he did miss a lot of time. Izzy is super fast. We get that. Yeah. Hoof. It's like hit and win. Um, but he didn't back down. My man's did not back down. And he showed that if you come into my house, bro, you got hell to pay and I'm scrapple you. And in a certain way, he exposed Adesanya a little bit because now all these middleweights are going to look at him. We do got some dominant wrestlers Jared down Kandanier. there in the middleweight division. And they may test. Yeah, Kandanier. They may, te- they may test that credential. And, bro, I don't know if you saw it. Man, Adesanya don't got nothing off his back, bro. He got nothing off his back. He did a, a super freaking feeble attempt to try to lock in a triangle. I don't know what you were going for, bro. The legs just went up and just fell back down. I'm like, bro. Uh, to me, I'm looking at it as like, bro, this is what you moved up for, for this? I mean, hey, it's cool that you're taking this venture, but I really, I really didn't see nothing out of this fight, man. I feel that you froze up the middleweight division just to have your cake and eat it and just sit here and try to play around i don't know how you feel um so i had it a little bit more closer i believe than you in this in this fight like i saw izzy first round yawn second round um izzy third round yawn the last two rounds um yawn was in there i don't give a fuck if he was looking slow i don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck if he was looking apprehensive because of the fakes when 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 yan fucking landed he landed And, like, Izzy felt it. Mm-hmm. So, anytime, like, that one-two came out, Izzy backed up exponentially and then went back in and tried to do fakes. So, it wasn't like he was implementing his own game plan whatsoever. If anything, like you said, he had the Machida effect. He was trying to get into Yan's head. He was trying to, you know, psych him out, you know, uh, to make him fake, to make mistakes. And at some points, yeah, he did take the bait. But those later rounds, those last three rounds, man, I feel like, he just said, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. I'm not going to fight the way that you want me to fight. I'm going to mm-hmm. fight the way that I usually fight. And he implemented great grappling. His, his clinch style was great. He was making Israel work. And I think that's one thing that we haven't seen since the Yoel Romero fight. They've seen Israel work. Even the Kevin Gaslin fight. 
he hasn't worked in a while. So mm-hmm. to see what Izzy can do off his back or in the clinch position was very interesting. Like you said, now people can go into the middleweight division and implement that game, that game plan on Izzy. Um, I'm super happy because, number one, you put credibility in that division. If you were to lose, um, you just, yeah. damn, it's like anybody could do whatever the hell they want to do. And I get it. I get it. You know, some people mm-hmm. people have done it. But at the end of the day, you have to put some respect on your division. And he was a, the, the, the person to do so. Yan was a perfect person to say, I'm, re- I'm going to rep- represent the light heavyweight division as the meanest division out there. And you're going to have to really kill me to get that title. You just can't skeet by and get my title. You need to beat me. And he didn't whatsoever. People want to fucking be pissed off at the results as well, too. No, he didn't beat him. Okay. Izzy didn't do enough to even try to beat him. He was coasting through fights, trying to peck him enough mm-hmm. to try to get a decision win. Yeah. That's a bitch move right there, okay? So stop the nonsense because God God forbid you ran into John Jones in this situation. The more I look at it now and his performance, yeah. John Jones would have ate that boy up wrestling and striking as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's not ready for Jones, man. He's chasing that dragon, but he's nowhere near on the John Jones level. And I'm not the biggest Jones fan, but last night you just showed that you're not on the John Jones level, bro. John Jones would John Jones not not taking nothing away from yep. Mahovich, but John Jones would have finished him. If he was if he was in there last night, he would have finished Izzy, bro. And as you said, you know, people are still mad about this because they definitely counted out my my man Jan. Uh we have even Dana White bitching at the results in the cards. Wow, that's that's crazy. Some of the scoring that we saw, 10-8, 10-8. But, okay, run down stats. Your boy Wahovich threw almost 300 strikes compared to 120, 182, yep. I think it was, almost two. And out of those significance, you know, out of all those strikes, yep. 107 were significant. And nothing. what was your boy Adesanya doing? He was just nothing. Like, you can't come up to this division and you can't come up into a man's house, open his fridge, and just pepper him away. You get what I'm saying? Like, like I said earlier, you got to pay the piper. You were just thinking this, you were going to coast off a of this, this is how I that's knew that. Sorry to cut you off that, yeah. that Dana White was fucking grumpy as hell. Because when the decision was about to happen, he was standing in Izzy's corner ready to give him that title. Yeah, bro. I won't lie. I won't lie. I will not lie. I saw a lot of BS from Dana White last night giving straps to certain people. Number two, um, once I heard the numbers... I did get a little bit fucking shook. I was like, wow, they gave it to Adesanya? Really? Because of just mm-hmm. the height that he has, bro. But when I heard when I heard Wachowicz, I was like, all right. The right man won, and I started replaying the, the fight in my head. Um, yeah, man. Great, great, great. Like I said, great fight in the sense of what we got out of this, where we got Jan, that he's a complete package, and where we got, like, yo, super fights? They're not just merited for anybody that wants to jump around, drop around, and come up, you know? No, work it. This, this is just a, a young rookie mistake from Adesanya. Yeah, he got 20 fights. He's 21 right now. But this is a, a, a rookie mistake from you because you're the champ. You should be doing what Wahovich did, you know? You, let me cement my division. Let me get... My skills up, then maybe I could move up for a super fight. But bro, you just you know what's getting me pissed off is promotion too for this fight. Who's left in the middleweight division for you to fight? Motherfucker, you have a lot of people right now still waiting in the mist for you right now. You just don't want to fight him right now. That Kevin Holland Brunson fight, that's gonna be a big fight Mm. right there. And if Holland wins, I definitely feel like Holland uh Israel's gonna be the next fight to make. Um 
You still have people that are recovering yeah. from your losses trying to take a second licking right now. Robert Whitaker is not the same fighter you fought the first time. So that's another nope. fucking fight you yeah. need to be worried about as well, too. Candanier, just because Candanier had one bad night does not discredit the demolishing effort that he did on both light heavyweight, heavyweight and middleweight divisions as well, too. So you still have fucking people. Uriah mm-hmm. Hall, career resurgence right now after that Anderson Silva knockout as well, too. There's a lot of motherfuckers out yeah. there. That's not even the new cats. There are new cats coming into the, to the middleweight division. Yeah. They are just waiting, waiting for a shot. We, we can't even discredit number five, bro, because number five would wrestle that, yep. that ass all day. Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori would take this yep. child down at ease and demolish him. So, I mean, I just feel like he was just too much on his uh, style bender swag, and this is what we got. And it just pisses me off because you froze the division. You Nothing came out of this. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. Now it just clearly nothing I, came I thought out it was gonna of be a draw this result. I thought legit they were going to be like, draw. I'm like, nothing came out of this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, even the result that we got, nothing came out of it. It shows that you know Wachowicz is a beast, but this this is why I this but this is what the people love. This is what the community love. What did this do to advance the middleweight division? What did this do to advance Adesanya and his legacy? Yep. This, this helped yep. more. He Wachowicz has a legacy now. And bounds. So, but what did? Yeah, he has a legacy now. But what did this do for your style, Bender? Nothing, and then this is why I don't like these type of fights, champ versus champ, that Bellator does and UFC is doing. Bro, you discredit your, your your champion. Okay, he took an L. That's it. I don't look at you as no longer as the style bender that's dominant. You took an L right now. You a paperweight in my eye, bro. Whether what division it is, I don't care. Like, don't the people are gonna say, "Oh no, it wasn't in his division." But nah, you a paperweight, and bro. You lost. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You hear what I'm saying? That like, the UFC will learn their lessons with super fights. In this case, right here, or at least at least yeah. champion versus champion super fights, just because you know that doesn't make sense anymore. But no, because early in the night, they're saying who else is left for for um, Nunes? They were th- bringing back Valentina again. Why? Why? For what? Yeah, I know it's a close fight, but like, Don't let me- these women destroy their divisions, bro. <sighs> like, I understand Nunes has already, but Valentina's still making a legacy of her own in the UFC, bro. Just to have her lose again. To Nunez, if that was the case, that would hurt her legacy. Bro, the only people in the UFC right now that merit super fights is just Usman or uh, Khabib. That's it. But Khabib's retired. But Usman, I can legit say he can probably get a a super fight because this dude... He's been dominating. He's been building up that welterweight division. He's been breaking numbers that GSP has put up. He's doing everything to solidify Ooh. and build up a division and establish yourself. All as right, a champion so let me throw this at you right now. Um, yeah. Knowing that Usman talks a lot of bullshit as well, too, you think after seeing that fight, he would say, "You know what? Put me against Izzy. I'll show you how to finish him." I, they're not gonna fight. Uh, they would never fight. He said it. I think Usman. Yeah, Usman said that he'll never fight um, in the middleweight division as long as is because he knows he beat champ. that ass. So I'm saying, bro. That, that, the, and, and the way I'm looking, he would course. grind that I, boy I to a Twitter creek. So yeah, the the only super match that we could get out of this is just maybe a Khabib or mm-hmm. Usman. That's about it. You know. So, but I mean, we got the result that we got. Yeah, I'll be a little bit. 
Nah, I don't feel like this advanced. This did nothing for the middleweight division. This did nothing for me in my eyes as a fan of the super fight. Jan, this did phenomenal credit for him, build up credibility. He gave Adesanya his first loss. So, yeah. Um, I'm very happy uh, that this fight is over now because we could get down to business with our divisions. Um, Glover was yeah. in attendance and he was super happy at the fact that, you know, um, one, I, I wasn't sure if he was, Joe Rogan was saying he was super happy that Israel didn't win. Um, or the fact that he has a chance now to fight, to fight, um, yeah, which I think that's a legit reason that he was happy that the vision isn't frozen. Yeah. He gets a chance now for the title, um, again, and I think that's going to be mm-hmm. a fantastic match. I cannot wait for Glover versus Jan. I think that's going to be a ma- an old school's dream match right there. Like, if you want to go back to the days mm-hmm. of 2007 to maybe 2010 and just, um, grizzled veterans going out there. Fisty cuffs and wrestling, and just having a good old MMA match. These two boys are gonna get these two men, excuse me, are gonna fucking put a show on, in my opinion. I don't think that's gonna be a bullshit match whatsoever. Nah, bro, yeah, old school feels, man. Definitely, that's an old school feel. I think it is the fight that should happen next. Mm-hmm. It's the only fight to happen right now that should happen next. And I think Wachowicz wants it as well because he said that he would like to fight Glover next. He believes he's the one that's next in line. So, <clears throat> you know, I want to see that. But, um, yeah, that's our UFC 259 recap. I apologize, everybody, if I was Stop it. It's that I've been getting – I've been getting a little – I'll be honest. I apologize, bro. I feel like I've been getting crap a lot, you know. From sometimes, you know, the community just a little but bit that's, too toxic and no, it irritates you me. Know, but I, I apologize because people out yeah. there that do it just to get a fucking rise out of people, man. They don't fucking watch the the sport day to day. They don't cover the shit like we cover this shit. They don't go out there and say, "Okay, look at stats. Look, look at statistics. Let's go ahead and see why this happened the way it did." They don't look at rules. They don't look at training camps. They don't look at um the camp specifically who's training where and why and the story behind these fighters they care about the entertainment they care about mm-hmm. the drama they care about um generation y why is this happening why why can't i understand this because i don't understand this i'm going to complain about it because why i have an outlet i have multiple outlets to complain about this and i can't get fucking punched in the face for my opinions that's about it that's really about it it's a bunch of fucking mm-hmm. keyboard warriors uh you know fucking just crying over the fact that they never got a chance to do a real sport in their own fucking life, and so they're gonna bitch about other people in their lives as well, too. Go fuck yourselves, alright? I don't give a fuck about these little keyboard warriors. I don't care about these toxic motherfuckers. They could go suck a dick for all I care. In my, in my opinion, if you wanna go out there, if you wanna make opinions, and you wanna uh, really have intellectual conversations about the sport that we love, bring out facts. Bring out a legitimate conversation. Mm-hmm. Just be. Don't be like, well, this is how I feel, and don't allow yourself to be tagged so you don't hear the repercussions of your fucking words, all right? Go out there and fucking make a conversation, yeah, exactly. defend your words, and talk, and then shake hands afterwards. Leave the conversation alone. That's all it is. Don't be mm-hmm. salty, okay, just because people have different opinions. Grow the fuck up already. Hey, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but that's this generation where... No, I, I love it. You, you, you said it more grittier and raw than me, bro. That's just the generation we're in, you know? People are very self-entitled, egotistical, and like you said, you said the most phenomenal line yesterday, bro. Those are trolls. That's why they hide under bridge because they don't want to get hurt. People are trying <laughs> so, to cast Eminem for the bro, song. But, uh, what was it? I, I, I love to hear. Love, love, love oh, the way you yeah. lie. Oh, well, you haven't heard yeah, him, bro. When, <laughs> you're pissed yeah. off at that song, but you're not pissed uh, off exactly. at that. Fucking bro. idiots, too. <laughs> Listen to yeah. I'll tell you, cancel culture, man. 
a little toxic. But anyways, let's just get back to this. Um, so yeah, that was our UFC 259 uh, recap. Like I said, I apologize to you, Val, and I apologize to everybody. I'm usually not like this. I'm my go lucky happy self. But um, next week's fight is kind of interesting because I didn't think we were going to get this fight that fast. You know, we could just little give a little rundown real quick. We got a great anticipated welterweight matchup between Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. I'm super excited for that. We also got the Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder that got pulled off because of COVID protocols on the last fight card. So they just rescheduled for this. Your boy, Big Ben Rothwell, or as Jeremy liked to call him, Little Rothwell, is on this fight card. And we got Manel Kate, man, coming over from Risen with a lot of hype. Didn't really show much in the first fight. He's getting a second shot. This fight card looks pretty good, even though there's some fighters that, you know, um, some casuals would not like. But I I'm think excited. This is be a great Super card. excited. Not not too excited about the next pay-per-view coming up because of the fact that we're also getting dual champions again, like double double co-main event and main event. Um, I really feel like this year could have been a great year to spread these champions out and let them headline pay-per-views the way they should. Because yeah. now you're going to run yourself into a fucking hole come like summer going into winter. Uh, you never, you ever never know who's injured, who's not injured. What I do like is that the UFC's new approach to have people on standby for the last year or so, or at least half a year, where they're having these semi number one contenders. At least they are ready to take charge if need if need be. So I'm happy about that. You know, Glover was ready just in case a COVID incident where it happened tonight or last night, excuse me, he was ready to be stuck in that main event, and I'm really happy about that. That's the real MVP. That's the real MVP right there. That's why I had to throw him off the page, bro. Like, let's not forget the real MVP. Professional. He made weight knowing that, you know, I'm just a backup just in case. That may, my shot may not come. This may not happen, but still as a professional him. And shout yep. out to Michael yep. Chandler when he did it in Abu Dhabi. This, this is what you do, you know? You're a professional, so you make weight. Um, but yeah, bro, um, you even got your boy um, O'Malley <laughs> coming back. So let's see. He has a tough test, bro. I'm Tell ready for that fight. That's going to be a butcher, fucking bro. great so, fight. We're going to see if, <laughs> yeah. if you learn from that fight. I hope he did. I, I, I feel like he's young enough to, to learn from that mistake. There's some people right now that have that young man's mentality. Like, yeah. fuck this. I'm going to fight the way I want to fight. I don't care what anybody says. That was a bullshit fight before. But I, I, I feel the way he fights. When I look at him fight, he fights like a person that's been fighting for about 25 years with a stand-up. Does he get a little stupid in the head when it comes to certain mm-hmm. amateur things where his mouth? Yeah, he's a young cat. But at the end of the day, he fights very technical. So if you, if you box and kickbox that technical, that means you've done things trial and error. So I, I think he looked at that fight, he saw what happened, he saw his own injury, his own flaws, and says, okay, this is a beast of opponent of Almeida, submission wizard, wrestling fucking extraordinaire, striker. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for this fight. This is the true test. Not Vera. This is the true test for him. Agreed. Agreed. This is a true test for him. And let's, let's see if he bounces back. Like you said, he does kind of resemble a old, you know, that he has the history, the knowledge, but I think that, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. he's just a young cat, and you know how a young cat does, bro. You know how these little TikTokers do. But anyways, yeah, that, you know, that's headlined by Miocic and Ghanem too, and then the co-main event is Alexander Volkanovsky versus T-City Brian Ortega. But we will get out of here. That was our fight recap for UFC 259. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it, Val. I enjoyed it, even though I, I love it my, myself today. But, you know, we, we still got this out. The consistency every Sunday we hear. But um, let people know where they can find you if, you know, they sit here and say, 
hey, I'm Generation Y and I love prize fighters, or you know, I love artifacts. Okay, first of all, no apology, apologies necessary. No one needs to apologize for shit right here. When people have opinions, they have opinions right now. If y'all want to complain at me, come find me in fucking Twitter, Lucha Val Cisco. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you have to say about your own opinions. I'll listen. I'll go ahead, but I ain't gonna fucking be hurt. Because at the end of the day, your fucking little keystrokes ain't gonna fucking hurt me, okay? Fuck that shit, all right? Y'all wanna really find me? Y'all can come to the MMA lab in Arizona. We could grapple all fucking day, right? I don't give a fuck about y'all out there. Y'all fucking, <laughs> oh, I hate because my opinions are not being valid by Nicole Commune. Get the fuck out of here. Grow some fucking ball hair and start your fucking life already. That's number one. But yes, Lucha Val Cisco on Twitter. Lucha Val Cisco on Instagram. Come fucking find me. Come talk some shit. I'll fucking smack you with my cock, all right? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, pop culture fanatics <laughs> on all pop on all podcast platforms. Apple uh, Podcast, Spotify, all that jazz right there. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, PCF Podcast. You can find me. We talk about everything from trailers, movies, horror movies, all that good stuff. And yeah, I give my opinions there too, so if you don't like it, you could go ahead and suck my duck as well too, okay? Elite Wrestling Audio, it's the place to find two bald equals from the Bronx. Just like right here, how we talking about MMA the way we talk about MMA. Unfiltered, we don't give a fuck about you. Unfiltered, we do the same thing for professional wrestling. We've been doing it for a while. Monday's coming out. We throw our content out there. We give our views on the world of professional wrestling. Very vivid as well, too. So if you don't like this, you're not going to like that as well, too. Go to go, go there. Podcasts on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere out there in the podcast land. EWA Podcasts on Twitter, EWA Podcasts on Instagram, EWA Podcasts on Facebook as well, too. Find us. We love it over there. Um... Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> My son went I just don't give a fuck about these oh, little man, that was bitches yeah, out there. I... Sorry, but that's how we're... Yeah, yeah, I can like fucking like little bitches right now. Yeah, I can like... Like the world revolves around you. Like, like, like you are the sun and the whole galaxy fucking revolves around you. Y'all need to stop your bullshit already. Nah, I feel you, bro. In in all reality, why sometimes I just get like this is because, you know, if you guys are sticking around, and hey, shout out to you, you're the MVP, but it just really irritates me because, like you said, everybody's going to have their opinion. But, you know, the thing is, drop knowledge. And we're very passionate about what we like, and that's why we're passionate about MMA here, as we are about wrestling over there, as we are about video games and lag switch, as we are about pop culture fanatic and PCF. You know, and then when you drop knowledge and then the first thing people just yeah. tell you is fuck you then bro like why even waste your time coming at me with stats why even or try to come at me with stats you know amuse me with stats but then when you hit them with stats and facts they they tell you oh no. don't bore me with stats really i i guess my thing is i just have to it's the passion though but i just have to notice well, i'm sorry we, we live in a generation for the past couple of like, years almost a decade we were people don't look at facts anymore and they just look at what people tell them to do and they fucking hurt around like fucking sheep and that's about it they, they agree with everybody else's opinions if they don't like that opinion yeah. they bitch and moan yes. about it bro that's why we do a podcast so we can contribute to the to mm. the art of a conversation so that way we can go ahead and give our views but listen to other people's views as well too 
and leave the conversation. If you are heated off of an internet conversation, you need to shut your fucking laptop off. Go walk outside for a second and take a breather, okay? Because it's not that serious, son, all right? All of y'all, shut the fuck up already. Stop your mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I agree, man. That's that's what the dude yesterday when when I was talking about the backlash for, for Sterling, he goes, oh, he just started coming at my neck. Oh, fuck you. Get off your fucking high horse, you piece of... I'm like, bro, what, what? My man's like, you don't even know me. <laughs> like, what's up? But anyways, you know, um, y'all can hit me up at suneater1a. Uh, 1A. Look at I'm so used to 1A. SunEaterUA, that's my Instagram, and that's my Twitter as well. SunEaterUA, all together, the letter U and A at the end. DM me there, let me know, and stuff like that, and chat, interact with us. We're always interacting with our listeners. Shout out to, uh, damn, no. Um, yeah, anyways, um, I will hold that for the next podcast. That's why. I'm thinking, yeah, all that for the next podcast. Um, but yeah, video games. If you guys like video games, like and and love playing co-op and doing all that good stuff with your homies and your fellas like Val and Jake and we do, which we listen. Well, I'm listen, y'all just right I don't know about uh, you guys. Had our co-op <laughs> and I was having a pretty bad time this week on that game by myself. And I had everybody join my session and everybody found out why the fuck I was having a hard time. Bro. So I'm happy about that. Well. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, though. Um, <laughs> you got to level up, brother, because I leveled up. No, I'm going to let you know. Look at no, that. I'm telling you, next time, next time, we, if you if y'all game, already beat Gorfis, bro. Like, yeah, there, you, you just had to come in leveled up, and there's a pattern in certain items that you use. I'll tell you off the podcast if you want to ride out again. But, yeah, if you guys love video games, which I'm getting back into the Twitch stream, you know, so my Twitch is Ambia Aizawa. I was throwing up some rant, um, Remnant. Uh, gameplay, you know, hit us up out there. Like switch and it's on Instagram. That podcast is on Apple and uh, Spotify. You know, we yes, we doing what we love, and you know, so TJ Dillashaw, come at me, <laughs> MMA Lab, so Arizona. I'll be there. Me, you, and your fucking midget ass. I will come mess you up. Go use all the steroids you want. Go inject everything you want into your ass. And I swear, I kick harder and I kick higher than your fucking stature. Let's go. (laughs) I love it, bro. With your midget ass, you sounded like Jeremy. I beat up the Undisputed (laughs) Era. Yo, we we out of here, guys. We hope you enjoyed the crazy, the mad, the Puerto Ricans, like my brother said. So until.